approach their relegation as Christie knocks it in towards Billing, knocks it down for Dom Solanke, lovely link up, smashing finish, Jerry's go too clear with 20 minutes on the clock and Dom Solanke hits 10 league goals for the season, beautifully crafted, expertly finished, two zip. Hello and welcome to episode 137 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. At the weekend, Bournemouth brushed aside Huddersfield Town 3-0 at Dean Court on Saturday to maintain the gap at the top of the championship in a performance which exuded confidence, flair and also discipline. It was also a 30th birthday of a certain Mr Tom Jordan as well and his day, well, it was pretty good because it included getting a match-worn gift from club legend Jefferson Lerma, courtesy of Steve Fletcher. We also met Phil Bill's dad, so if you're a subscriber to our YouTube channel, you can see a chat with Mark as we capture the atmosphere before and also after the game as Boscombe put in a strong showing against a tough side that was sat in sixth place. But in this video, it's all about the match review and courtesy of myself, Tom, and also Tiggs and Neil Dawson, we go through the events at Dean Court. Hello, good evening. We are live this Monday night and I hope you had a good weekend. I'm pretty sure you did. And with no football going on tonight, I think this is as good a time as any to go through this weekend's match where Boscombe comprehensively took apart Huddersfield 3-0 at Dean Court. Plus, it also gives us a chance to examine the Cherries' success so far this season. Why are we so good? Are we the real deal? And can we go all the way? Well, at the moment, Cherries, of course, sit atop the championship with a five-point gap over the Cottagers. And at the weekend, Bournemouth put in a right old shift. So to talk about our mauling of the Terriers, we've got Tom Jordan. Tom, you all right? Very well, mate. I was going to say awesome, but I'll go with Pawsome because we played the Terriers, didn't we? So there you go. That's the best I can do. We've got Neil Dawson here as well. Yeah, Huddersfield are going to have to learn to take the rough with the smooth. And also, we've got Tiggs as well. Hey, mate, I had to lead the game early. Uh, people thought I was in the doghouse, but they were barking up the wrong tree. Uh, <laughs> I've just, I, Neil's already nicked me a rough joke, so I, that's what I had left. That's what I had left. <laughs> I had bark worse than their bite written down. Yeah. Oh, very good. Very good. good. We, might, we might squeeze some more in before the end of the show, I'm sure. I'm absolutely certain we will. And look, let's start with Tom, because I gather you've probably had quite a good weekend, have you? Yeah, I was feeling pretty rough, rough myself. But um, no, I did all right. Yeah, it was a great weekend, wasn't it? I mean, we were joking before, weren't we? Said about 3-0 for 30. So yeah, it's nice the boys done it. But yeah, it was a really good weekend, mate. And uh, got a few shirts off Lerma as well. So, you know, what can be better? It was great. Yeah, and before the game, people in the North Stand may have seen a certain Steve Fletcher coming up to you. And uh, yeah, he gave you the shirt that was match-worn from, uh, from the game against Stoke City, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the one. Yeah, from Stoke. So obviously that was even better. We won that one and I was up there and stuff like that. So that was nice. Yeah. And it's the green one as well, which I haven't got. So that was a nice touch. And yeah. yeah and then this one was the one he wore on the game as well, which he gave me after the game. So yeah, really nice. 
happy days indeed and plus we had a quick chat with him after after the game as well so yeah it was always going to be um a potential banana skin against Huddersfield Town did you feel that Tiggs? Yeah, completely. I mean, I, the longer this this run goes on, the the more intense each game feels as it comes. To be honest, mm. just waiting for something to go wrong. But I get proved wrong by Parker every time. Uh, we're we're doing such a such a good job. Yeah, it did feel a little bit tense before the game. As as, as we got closer to the game, it felt more positive. And um, when the team news came out, that was interesting as well. Yeah, Neil, we're finding different ways to win, aren't we? Because Bristol, you know, Bristol was dominant. Stoke was rugged and Huddersfield just, you know, just felt professional, didn't it? Yeah, it was. And I think you could see that in the reaction of the crowd in the second half. It just became this like slick machine-like performance where uh, we had, so I think we had, do we have 75, 76% of the possession for the first 25 minutes, didn't we? So, and I think I saw a really excellent tactical analysis of it. I think it was by Jacob Tanswell, that, that guy who writes really well about how, uh, we pushed right up the pitch to create a five-five-zero. So Cahill were, and Kelly were playing much higher than they did before, and Huddersfield were literally strangled. So it was like watching a, a well-oiled machine. It was like it reminded me of when we used to go to Man City, and you you feel for the Huddersfield fans because we've all been there, haven't we? At the Etihad, where you just sit there eating a hot dog, hoping that we get the ball at some point. It felt like mm. that. Yeah, it did. Very much so. And look, Scott Parker's class of 2021 has equaled a long-standing club record as Dominic Solanke's first half, a double, as we're going to go on to talk about. That provided the springboard for our 3-0 win over the Terriers. Victory cemented by Lloyd Kelly's goal in the second half, extended to 14 games that unbeaten start of the season, a feat achieved back in 1961 when the club were in the third tier. So takes that. I mean, that's a hell of a statement, isn't it? Incredible stat. Incredible stat. And because we're at the top of the league, people have, we all focus on that. But mm. when you step back and you take the whole picture in, it's crazy to mm. be undefeated and you know, hardly letting any goals either. We're looking on well on course to beat some some pretty lengthy records that have been around for a long time. So, yeah, incredible. Incredible. Mm. And, you know... I suppose, Tom, it was the it was the Phil Billing derby, wasn't it? And uh, we managed to chat to his old man before the game and uh, just, you know, have a have a word with him. You had a word with him as well. Some of it's on the vlog. Some of it is privately between you and him. What did he say? Because we were all we were all wanting Philip to get involved with his head a bit more. Yeah, it was funny, wasn't it? Because, you know, obviously that we'll come on to. We were saying, you know, why can't we all kind of joking around with him and saying, why can't he edit when he's that that size? And he said that he's always had that. With, with Phil saying, you know, he should be better in the air and things like that. And then he obviously going into the game, he ends up getting an assist with it, which was which was quite funny. He did have a few that just kind of, they, he seems to get his head on them, but they just go everywhere sometimes. But um, yeah, he was a nice bloke, wasn't he? A nice chat to and uh, said that obviously they still got a nice kind of affiliation with people at Huddersfield and stuff like that, which is which is nice for him. But I think it was important for him as well. He's kind of known as a bit of a luxury player there, isn't he? Um, I know a lot of their fans said that and we have done in the past as well. So it's nice to see him just, he just kind of, who's, Who's class throughout the game? I thought without being exceptional, he just and he gets around. He gets around the pitch more than I think people realise as well. Um, and I thought he had a good game again. So yeah, it was no, nice to chat to him, and it would have been a perfect, perfect game for the pair of them as well. And Neil Dawson, we were unbeaten uh, and we were unchanged as well with that lineup. So uh, what do you think when you saw that? Yeah, I, I kind of expected it. We're in a groove. Um, I guess. Everyone was wondering, would Kilkenny get another game? He did, and I think that was well-deserved. Um, so I think Scott Parker's kind of shown that once you're 
yeah, we didn't have this last year. We used to change the team an awful lot. And then Jonathan Woodgate kept the team towards the end and we did really well. And I think Scott Park has shown that if you, you know, if you get in and you play well, you'll stay in. And he's, I think he's a big believer in letting teams develop um, with the players that are in them. So I wasn't really surprised. And I think we got the performance that warranted that. We did. And, you know, Tom, we started well. And, you know, there have been a number of games in the first half of the season so far where we thought, oh, we haven't started so good, been very sluggish. But I've got to say, we've upped that tempo relatively recently. And it's, um, you know, it's good to see because when it when it does, uh, you know, provide the springboard, it, it seems the players start to exude confidence. And, uh, yeah, you know, cracking start to the game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And like you say, it was it was from minute one, really. We just we felt like we were in control. And I know a few people said it and it was it felt like we were suffocating them. It, they, they couldn't really get near us. I felt confident from the first minute. And um, yeah, like you say, and with that team now like, unchanged, you can see that there's a few patterns developing and we're getting stronger from every game, which is frightening for the rest of the championship. But um, mm. yeah, and if we can do that as well, because we've probably the only thing we've said this season that we've maybe started a bit slow sometimes. And yeah. like you say, we really didn't this time. And um like you say, it looked like from minute one, we really were on the front foot and it felt like a matter of time. But um, it does always feel like that with us because we know the quality we've got. But um, yeah, we just want to start a little bit quicker and we definitely did that. Yeah, we certainly did. And it was nice to see the players all sporting David Brooks T-shirts when we were warming up. Obviously, you know, they did the same at other matches recently as well. And yeah, then, of course, he got the round of applause on seven minutes, which we'll come on to. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll talk about that. But it was a confident start and we kept possession well. I thought we were moving the ball quickly and also we were pressing high when we didn't have the ball. But before that, Brooks at chant, Tiggs, was a was a rare moment from Gary Cahill, which is like, oh my God, he's, you know, he slipped and yeah. he had a decent chance. They had a decent chance. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We were just trying to pull Huddersfield into a full sense of security, get them to push us now. I mean, he, it was, it was a shot. It was funny, actually, because... There's not been many moments this season where the whole stadium held its breath and everyone went, <gasps> and you could hear like a pin drop. And then, you know, he, boy, did he run back. I mean, I know he had Kelly behind him to do the job, but um, it just shows his determination as well. There was no, he yeah. knew exactly what he'd done. And I, it might be the only slip we see from him all season. I mean, Neil, when you look at this uh, screenshot, I mean, the striker surely is you know, he's in prime position to go and slot that, surely. How has Kelly got any right to actually shepherd him out? You know, because I think he shepherded it away and it ended up going for a throw-in or something. But fair play for Kelly, you know, for covering. And it just shows they, they've sort of got that, you know, that understanding, haven't they? Yeah, and I think if you're going to play a high line, uh, you've got to have Kelly in there. We, could, we, we played it at times with Ake in there. You've got to have a centre-back like that. Because Kelly is a monster over 40 yards. So you, you've really got to go some to beat him. And that enables Cahill, who, you know, no disrespect to him, he wasn't a monster over 40 yards at the peak of his career. And, he's, he, you know, he isn't now. He's a different sort of player. That enables him to play with confidence. When you were talking about Cahill doing a rare thing, I was I thought it was that shot from 30 yards. You yeah. Were yeah. I thought Sam's got it wrong. That was later in the game. Yeah. But, no. I'm, I'm certain we'll go on to that. And look, I mean, he's been... He's been in the forefront of, uh, you know, most of our heads for the last sort of, you know, week and a bit, Tom. But 
we were all chanting his name. Sorry about the uh, main voice that you can hear on this. That's me. But you know what? <laughs> so nice to uh, see Tom, everyone in all parts of the grounds, including the Huddersfield fans, completely getting behind the lad. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've fortunately enough been to the, the last two games, haven't we? And it's been really good away from home as well. So I uh, kind of almost forgot this is going to be the, the first home game because we've had a couple, haven't we, since. But um, yeah, really nice touch. And obviously we've come on to it. It felt like as soon as it ended was when we got the penalty, actually. So, um, which was quite nice. But yeah, the Huddersfield again. I think there was other teams. Was it, was it Luton as well? There's a, there a few teams, aren't there, that yeah. have really got the element of training tops and things like that, which is which is lovely. And yeah, obviously it sounds like he's kind of starting, you know, starting that process now with chemo and things like that. So um, yeah, that would have been that would have been really nice for him to know that everyone's behind him and another good performance for him because yeah, I mean he's a he's a class player, he's a young lad, but I'm sure he'll um, he'll know that everyone's behind him now. So that was, that was lovely to see in the stadium and brings everyone close together, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And as you can see there, there were loads of messages that are being shown on the scoreboard as well. And also every so often the perimeter banners were were being changed to say, you know, we're with you, Brooksy. So, yeah, re really nice to see there and superb touch. But yeah, Neil, it was the end of that move where Lloyd Kelly floated a, a long pass forward and Dom Slanky chest it. He was running away from goal. Stupid challenge, eh? It was. It reminded me of Adam Smith's one against Sheffield Wednesday in our championship oh, season. Cool. Where I mean, we all love we all love Smudger, but that where the whole crowd go, why did you? What you mm. were, he was running away from goal. Why did you do it? And I think you know their defender will be. I mean, their manager was annoyed about it, and rightly so. And he'll be kicking himself. Um, but but yeah, no clear clear penalty. And then um, Dominic Solanke with his um, sort of sort of very relaxed. Um, step up style that he's got. I always think it's, it's hilarious because when he misses one, everyone will blame that style. Yeah. Um, but, and they'll forget that there's loads of people that miss penalties by charging up to them every, every day of the week. But it's very clever. When you look at the alternate angle, he clearly looks at the keeper, mm. watches where he goes and slots it. So as long as he can do that every time, because even if the keeper doesn't move, as long as he finds the bottom corner, he'll be all right. So it's probably as reliable a penalty technique as ever, but it'll annoy old people. It will, and he doesn't look at the ball. And I've said this before. He just looks at the keeper. Yeah. But I tell you, one thing that was noticeable, Neil, with that penalty, like when it was awarded, I don't think I've seen a quicker turnaround as that. It was 38 seconds between the ref giving the penalty and yeah. him actually slotting. Well, he only uh, runs and, up from two yards. But yeah, he does. However, usually there's lots of, you know, complaints, but he grabbed the ball, he put it on the spot. Yeah. There was nothing. There was no yeah. conjecture at all. And, you know, they just knew that it was a bad foul. But yeah, yeah. one nil up. Um, and Tig's superb start to the game, eh? Yeah, really good guy. And, you know, you've got to, for other teams, that's completely undone their game plan, isn't it? I mean, I, I've, I'm sure we'll talk about it later about how well we've been playing, but to be one nil down that soon, that's got to be so frustrating. They probably worked all week on just keeping us out. Because they know that once we're a goal up, we're going to try and can just keep that ball, control that game. They really don't need that. Uh, and that's exactly what we did. I think what yeah. you said, Sam, as well, I was going to say, what you said about how quickly the turnaround was, it was almost like, like Tig says there, that they had this game plan and they knew mm. they had to keep it nil-nil, as long as possible. And it was almost like this, oh, we've let ourselves down already. And they didn't even try and kind of have any sort of mind games or anything on the penalty. They were just, yeah, they felt like, which we'll go on to, the whole game felt like they kind of, suffered defeat already. Um, and I think a, a striker in confidence just goes and grabs the ball and puts it in. And that's what Dom is at the moment, isn't he? But um, it'll take a keeper with a lot of balls to just go, I ain't moving um, and test him maybe in the future. But 
I never watch penalties. I turn around and every time, even when I watch the replays, I know it's gone in. It makes me nervous. Got to be honest. Neil, are you the same with penalties? No. Just... no you can watch them. <laughs> he wouldn't be the same. He would be a stupid. Do you have any other bits of the game you don't like watching, Tom? Or yeah. normally when, when in the right speed through, do you, do you go to the loo in case they miss? <laughs> no, he's in the concourse, probably. <laughs> the, no, uh, I mean, there's some that are bigger than others. So I, I wouldn't be, you know, that one, you've got another 83 minutes to win the game. It's quite a pleasant yeah. penalty to hate. I mean, we've had, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but we've had some in the last minute or uh, in injury time. I mean, they take some watching. But no, I've always watched them. Good. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad shootouts. That. I agree with you on shootouts, Tom. I, 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 don't, I don't like shootouts. Like if it's, yeah. if that's... I don't like them. No, no. If we miss one, this, this, this is how stupid playing. If we go and miss one when I'm not looking, then I'll change and start watching. <laughs> that's that's what I've got in my head. So I think I just miss one and now I've like stuck with it and we haven't missed yet. So that's got... just how my mind works sometimes. I think I've seen Don take three, maybe four penalties. They've all been in, in that side of the net. Yeah. Every single agreed. one. Even in the penalty mm. shootout against Middlesbrough, I think. Um, Palace. Yeah, Palace one. Yeah. yeah, the Palace one, and then the two. So he opens his body up, but yeah. that's because the keepers have all dived the opposite way. Yeah. I or maybe one of them, the keeper, did dive, but he put it so far in the corner. Yeah. I can't quite remember, but you know, at some point, he's surely have to go. He, he's going to have to change Neil because keepers are like you know. They, they, well, that's the kind of research they do, right? They will do a lot of research, and they'll you know, like Tom said, the first thing you'd say if you're a goalkeeper coach is don't move watch him and then see what I'm trying to unnerve him and see where he's going to put the ball. But at the end of the day, if you hit a ball hard enough into the side netting, um, you'll always score. So as long as he can keep the accuracy yeah. that he's got, it doesn't really matter. There's been a lot of penalty takers that you analyze the stats and if they've scored 52, they've gone 45 one way. Mm. So as long as you hit it well enough. Mm. Very much so. So let's say hello to the people that are watching. We are live tonight. There's always conversations whenever Back of the Net put out a show. If you noticed, is this live? It doesn't matter, but we are live tonight. So hello to Neil Whedon. Hope you're all right. We've got Kevin here, member of uh, Back of the Net. Hello. Good evening. We've got Chris Hubble here as well. Rob's here. Cameron, Mark Cole. Oh, we've got an AFC Bournemouth legend here, by the way, of Ethan Burney here. Martin Burridge, great graphics. Thanks, Martin. I did bring your mug by the uh, by the way, but I didn't see you. So um, yeah, grab your mug. Otherwise, we'll post it to you, mate. Um, Layla as well. Good evening. We've got Abby here. Two Ben is here. All the usual suspects. Liam. Also, how's your head, Tom? It's fine. <laughs> Absolutely fine. I'm still young. See, I'm still young. All right, thirty is still young. I'm, I'm still technically bringing the average age down on this on this live. So I'll take it. Carol's here as well. Also, who else have we got? Wing is here. And yes, we are live. Martin here as well. We'll pop a few more messages up on the screen. And look, you know, Dom Solanke was um, was in on the action. I think it was, uh, who put it across for him? I think it was Phil Bill on 17 minutes, uh, not not long after he scored. I think he flashed a, a header wide. It was um, mm -hmm. it was Anthony on the right, Tiggs. And I just thought, you know, what's he doing there? But every so often they sort of mix it up and, he laid the ball back to Philip Billing, who, who put in a really nice cross, but Don was probably a bit too cute with his head. I think even if it was on target, the keeper would have probably probably saved it. But it's lovely to see like so many different combinations, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's the real strength of this squad uh, that, that players can play in different positions. Um, little inside, a little 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 bit of secret news now. I was actually sat next to Jaden Anthony's dad Ooh, at huh. the game, and. Uh, 
we we were discussing the fact because he played on the right later on in the game as well, and whether maybe Parker wants to see what he can do out there as a possible sort of you know future role for him uh, if necessary. So yeah, it is interesting to see um, players pop up in different places around the pitch. The fluidity and knowing how to fill in for each other is just coming together so beautifully. And we talked about it really early on, that just down that left-hand side and how good those two were, uh, Zamora and Anthony. Now we're seeing it down the right-hand side and now we're seeing it all the way across. So yeah, really exciting. When we move forward, we move forward as a unit, which is great to see um, more and more opportunities, more and more chances. I love it. Love it. And then, you know, Ryan Christie, I mean, Tom, what a bloody steal. What oh. a steal. Yeah, what a player. I mean, what? what a player. I mean, I was quite excited when we got him, but I mean, I didn't think he'd, he'd kind of come in this quickly and take to it this quickly in, in a few different roles as well. Um, I quite like him inside, but, you know, he's been he's been great from that from that angle. It's a nice, nice little combinations all, all game long, really. And I noticed that, um, I think Scott Parker mentioned it after the game, saying about, you know, you said about the, some of the crosses into the box. And I think he's probably been a bit wary about a few of them games where we drew kind of nil-nil at Peterborough and, and played and Hull that we've maybe where teams try and make it difficult for us. We're maybe just a little bit too passive sometimes. So it's good to show that we can go in behind as well. And kind of, you know, you saw that with Kelly's ball for the penalty. And like you say, with that headed chance from Solanke, that's been in, put a, a rare ball into the box. So kind of show that we can mix it up a little bit as well. And we're not just going to keep the ball behind them all the time. So that was great. And Christy, I mean, off the ball as well. I mean, the bloke doesn't stop, does he? And um, mm-hmm. I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was evident later on in the game that, he took off Solanke, Christie, and Lerma, kind of showing they're the three, wrap them up when the game's won. And um, yeah, I, I think everyone absolutely loves Christie right now, don't they? He's, yeah, absolutely still on me. I don't know who's the who's the best sign of the season, Kale or Christie, to be honest. Superb knockdown from Phil Bill. But, you know, I think I think the finish, Neil, was a bit underrated, really, because, uh, you know, it came at, at uh, Dom pretty quick, which he had to sort of control with his tummy almost and he just killed yeah. the ball and then half volleyed it into the it was it was a really good goal and a proper striker's goal yeah first of all though I can't believe everyone's with someone's dad so Tiggs you've been <laughs> with Jaden Anthony's dad Tom was with Mark Billing's <laughs> dad yeah I might I might just see if I could hook up with Jordan Zamora's nan have some Werther's old originals <laughs> at the next maybe a cup of Bovril with uh, with uh, Adam Smith's granddad or something. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. feeling a bit left out. No, it, yeah. I thought it's the sort of goal that you score when you've just scored. So, I mean, Dom Solanke, I think, is quite a confidence player. Uh, and uh, you see it a lot with strikers. If, if, if they've scored one or they've scored two, they start hitting things really cleanly. Uh, and, his, you know, his adrenaline would have been buzzing. Uh, he chested it down and he smashed it, you know, through pretty much through the keeper. But it was a, it was a strike of a man who just scored. I thought yeah. he absolutely scuffs that last season, doesn't he? Yeah, you know, he does. He, he air kicks it or he hits it straight at the keeper, and it's like Neil said. It's a, he seems to be a player that scores in kind of as little runs and stuff, but he just looks. It's, I, I never get my head around it. Strikers are like that, aren't they? It's just such a confidence thing. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it was. He took it. So, I never had any doubt that he'd score that. Whereas last season, I never would have thought he'd put it in. It's amazing. It would have gone straight to the keeper's hand, wouldn't it? Somehow, yeah. it would. It, that yeah. was last season. Yeah. Yeah. So what we on 14 games played this season in the league and he's scored what 10 goals, is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah not bad. How many goals then? Was that is that 30 goals at this rate? It is, yeah. yeah. Mm. I'll take, take that. that. <laughs> we would take that. He took, yeah. He'll take that as well. <laughs> yeah, he would yeah. take it. Where do you think where do you think he is on the value scale, Neil, compared to when we bought him? What was it, 20 million we we, we paid for him? Like, what are we getting from from now? Say for instance, if an offer came in in January. I think we get 
You've got so many factors to take in. That's a really tough question because you've got so many factors to take into consideration. You've got the fact that the transfer market has dipped a lot since COVID, um, that clubs just don't have the money that they have. Um, But you would say on a normal track record, a championship striker who's young, who's got one England cap, um, who if 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 he carries on at the rate that he's getting, you'd at least get the money you paid for him. Yeah. yeah, possibly I was trying more. To, how much did Adam Armstrong go to Southampton for? Um, he was around that, wasn't he, recently? And he was obviously a striker that was scoring goals in the championship. Yeah, I feel like they're a similar age. Maybe Armstrong might even be a little bit older. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, like you say, that's a that's a goal scorer in the championship. So it is a lot of factors. But I probably agree. You'd, you'd at least get your money back now, which and it wasn't long ago. Everyone was saying that was the worst signing ever. So yeah, um, yeah. and he's still young. He's still young. Forget that. And he's such an odd player, you know, with, with the greatest respect, you know, <laughs> to him. He is. It's such a because he does so many different things. So yeah. it's very difficult to kind of pigeonhole him and say he's yeah, he that is, yeah. sort of striker or that sort of striker. Whereas I think a lot of players who come up from the championship, you know, it's very clear what type of striker they are. I don't even know where he would fit into another team because he's become so integral to the way that we play. He's become so important to us. Would he would he have that role somewhere else in a Premier League club? I don't know if he would. I mean we've kind of built around him over the last 18 months, I feel, anyway. Yeah, I think, and that was a problem that Parker had with Mitrovic, wasn't it? Was mm. that he he likes a very mobile uh, front man who gets around and puts an awful lot of work in, and, and Mitrovic is not that. But Mitrovic is an excellent player in his own right, and I think that's where they fell out, because he wanted someone that was running channels and pressing, and Mitrovic isn't going to do that. So... You know, it's, that's exactly right. Different styles of different managers. Mitrovic is doing really well under a different manager. Um, you know, better than Solanke, arguably, on goal stats. But it's, uh, yeah, superb. Yeah, it is superb. But, Tom, two goals from Dom Solanke, 2 nil up at half-time. We've been there before, and that was Blackpool. Did you get that same feeling this time or not? I forgot it was a, yeah, it was Solanke Brace, wasn't it, in that yeah. first half? So, I think now you do, you, you definitely at home as well, you do keep try and keep that in your head. But, I think when you've got Scott Scott Parker in charge, I'm very confident that I, I can imagine him in the dressing room going, you know, come on, been here before. I, I remember thinking it similarly, kind of with Zamora, for example, first game of the season, he looked like he wasn't ready at left back. And then they probably said, right, learn from that. And I feel like they've learned from it already. I mean, might come back and bite me if we end up getting coming back at some point. But I, di- I don't think I did. I think you talk about it, but I felt like we were very in control of the game. Uh, you always want that third goal, of course, but... I didn't feel like... Be, I mean, goals change games. If they come out and score a screamer straight away, you maybe you get a bit edgy. But no, I feel like everyone knows their roles and we were very comfortable in the game. And yeah, I mean, I wasn't expecting them to come back. Probably thinking we could even get a couple more. But yeah, I was just confident as long as the team come out again, which, yeah, like I said, I was confident they would, that we would be all right. It is always in the back of your head. But luckily, we managed to squash that with uh, the Kelly goal. Yeah, that's right. We'll come on to that. A few a few more sort of moments during the uh, first half, including Gary Cahill's shot from distance. And blimey, yeah, that was that was a hell of a distance. So Huddersfield, the chances few and far between, really. I think Huddersfield, I think you know, Gav Kilkenny conceded a free kick and then their, mm. their free kick from outside the edge of the box was fired over the bar. But Neil, yeah. talk to me about that Ryan Christie moment on the right flank where he just did that little, you know, pirouette stroke whatever he did to pass it through to Jay Lerma. And yeah. then he put in Dom Solanke. I mean, what a moment that was. I think they featured that on Twitter and social media this weekend, but wow, that was good. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can underestimate how hard a thing that is to pull off from yeah. a ball that comes from so high and so fast. And also, fair play to him for the bravery because it could have been... That's one of those moments where you fall over, the ball comes off your standing leg. There's a, there's a number of things that could happen. So fair play to him because it was sublime. It really was sublime. And I mean, what uh, like Tom said, if you've got players, you, I think in the championship, you either have really good players that don't work that hard or you have hard-working players that aren't that good. And he's just a wonderful combination of being brilliant and working really hard. So lucky to have him. I always figure you find it, it's very rare to have two wingers that work as hard as R2 do off the ball. Yeah. And, and the last time I can remember seeing it evidently was Pew and Ritchie when we went out. Mm. And they're off the, I mean, I don't think Jay Nantley actually gets enough credit for it. I remember the, the goal at Stoke probably got overlooked a little bit, how how mm. well he did to, to get it back. And um, yeah, his his off the ball work and stuff like that is, is brilliant. And Christie's the same. And I, you can tell Scott Parker loves that. And um they, they seem to get a lot of joy out of as well. But yeah, the, the skill itself, I'm fortunate enough to, to watch Sam Davis most weeks play with him. So I'm used to seeing that sort of stuff. To be fair. <laughs> how, many, how many goals did I score on Sunday night, Matt? I, I mean, I lost count. Mate. I did get a few. I did get a few. Uh, but you know what? Uh, Kerry uh, has put in in chat, Ryan Christie, we were just talking about him. Ryan Assisti is the new nickname oh, on, on Twitter. Yeah, very clever. Made, yeah, made a chuckle. Very, very clever indeed. Um, He'll also get his goal lot- soon as well. I think he'll get. I think he's. I think it's coming. Yeah. I do think. Yeah, that's a, that's re- what's really interesting me because Scott Parker Scott keeps saying that Scott Parker keeps saying there's more to come from this side, and I think that's what he means because mm. we're we're doing incredibly well with neither of our, our wingers have scored what two in if you add their appearances up between them. Um, so you know if you play a front three, the the the, the wide two got away in with goals, and I think that's the bit that he's referring to is wh- and when that clicks, that will be frightening. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Gary Cahill had a shot from, you know, I don't know how far out it was, but it felt like a, uh, a long way, Tiggs. Yeah, I mean, straight to the keeper. I mean, he, you know, he had it all the way. But nevertheless, it does show a sort of confidence about that team, doesn't it? To yeah. uh, to have a shot and know it's time to have a shot. I think sometimes I've been quite critical of us that we kind of move the ball around, move the ball around, move the ball around, move the ball around, and we never pull the trigger because we're waiting for that that moment but when you tune it up at least you can you can take those little pot shots can't you those risks and just see if they pull off yeah it felt like Kale heard the crowd and went oh go on then I'll give him what they yeah want. it, it, did, it yeah. felt like he was never going to shoot but because we all see he thought ah oh, might as well and um yeah that was like you say confidence when you're winning games you can do that and I would have even been shocked if that I think he was just making sure he didn't sky it yeah so he was happy with that I think yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you can you can see by this data here, this shows the amount of shots we had on the right-hand side, as you can see, versus those for Huddersfield. Look, they had four shots, most of them outside. I think every single one was outside the 18-yard box, which which tells a story, Neil, doesn't it? It does. And there's Gary Cahill's, look, the furthest away dot. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah. uh, there the it is. Pluto, the Pluto of that stellar map that it is. Um, the uh, yeah, no, it was uh, it was it was very one sided, and I think the stats on touches in the box as well. Um, Huddersfield had it's, you know absolute credit to our defence. Huddersfield had so few touches in our box, um, which of course is what leads to is that that map, is it? 
Yeah, so there you go. Like, I'm counting well, thank they God had it's one, right. I don't know. awful. They had four. It looks like four, and then one wow. on the edge of the box. Yeah. And I mean, oh. I mean, compare that with that, like with ours. I mean, it looks Crazy. like you've just opened a, you know, like an envelope of glitter, and it's gone everywhere. But no, this is an actual touch map. So as you yeah. can see, the kind of orangey, ready ones. I mean, we're we're everywhere in their box, but look, four. Yeah. I think. Yeah, credit to credit to the defence because you know that's a stat that they'll talk about internally and. You know, if you're only getting into the opponent's box four times, the likelihood of you scoring even one goal is very slim. So. Mm. I saw the face of Jefferson Lerma in there the longer I stared at it. Is that just me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it, did, it, it did look like a magic eye, didn't it? I've got it to did, say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It really did. And, all, and also the passes as well uh, tell their own story as well. You know, we were dominant with uh, the passes as well. And look, I think... It was such a good performance from us. And we went into halftime full of confidence. We uh, managed to chat to Phil Lees, the legend, Tom, at halftime. And we took it on into the second half, didn't we? And, you know, we started really well. I think um, there was a moment, only a couple of minutes after, where Dom had the ball. He was running through the the middle of the park. And then Christy on the right picked up the ball. You had an overlapping run from Lerma. You had Stacey underlapping and... He opts for neither, takes it on, and that was carried away. I think, they, I think the keeper parried it away, but we were showing that intensity from the off. But even then, I did have echoes of Blackpool because Dom had that chance where yeah, we should have made it 3 0 as Blackpool. So even then, I had the edge. But that third goal is, is always important, isn't it? Yeah. And I think, yeah, I remember that chance now. And like you say, it was a really good sort of intent straight away into the second half. We ain't letting up here. And Christy, you know, say pulled the trigger quite well, but it was so, I'm right behind that. It was so close. It could have easily just flecked off the keeper and hit Dom and gone straight in. It just, I think it just came back off the defender. But um, yeah, that was a really good sign. And like I say, I was, I was all right. I mean, I might be, I'd had a few, so maybe I was just a bit more relaxed. I mean, you, you had a nice little glass of wine at half time, Sam. So you should have been a little bit more relaxed, I think. But, I didn't um, want the volume. I didn't want the volume. So yeah, <laughs> I decided to, oh, yeah, like Neil was looking at me like, what, what wine, on earth? Wine at football? I know. What was um, it? What was it? A cheeky... Cabernet Sauvignon? What was it? And now a Pinot Grigio, mate. Pinot we were playing champagne stuff. So. Yeah, we, it's Tom's birthday. It's Tom's yeah. birthday. So I had to get involved in that. But yeah, I, you know, I I was kind of worried about us not taking our chances. But really, Huddersfield weren't creating many of their own tigs, were they? I mean, I remember Phil Bill on the left-hand side um, putting a real low cross that Dom Slanky was sliding into and he nearly made it three. But that corner that was conceded was actually the one where we did score and it was from an unlikely source, wasn't it, Tiggs? It was from an unlikely source, although I told you pre-game, Sam, my lucky number. He did. It's number five. And I just had a feeling he was going to score today. Um, and he did. And and well, it's well-deserved because he's um, he's not been in around the goals. No. But I just feel that this season he might well be. I don't think that's the last one we'll see from him. Just think he's got the license to do it, and it's interesting what we do on corners, as well, both attacking and defensively, and who goes up and who stays back. Um, it seems to change week from week, which in- you know, intrigues me a little bit. But yeah, a fantastic uh, hit of the ball as well. The way that he shaped his body to to put that in. I, I think it took a deflection. I think it did. It did. Yeah, it did. yeah. yeah. Um, but nevertheless, you know, it's still an excellent goal, and yeah, well on our way then. I now I, now I'm thinking it's. Four though, now I'm getting a little bit overexcited. Streamyard's treating us really well tonight by not being able to process the videos that we put on screen, but that's how we lined up for the corner anyway. But yeah, yeah. the ball came over. It was a short corner. I think it was Jaden Anthony that actually then put uh, Christie in, and it was a lovely little dinked cross. 
And Lloyd Kelly was quite strong with it. And it wasn't overly natural, but he managed to just shrug off his marker and get that left foot volley on it. And yeah, it did hit someone on the way through. But, uh, you know, great for Lloyd Kelly. What's that, his second goal for us now? Third. Yeah. Uh, is third. it a third? Didn't he score against Bristol City and Norwich last year? Or I might be wrong. Bristol City? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one at Norwich, didn't he, in the bottom corner? Yeah, well, that's the one I was thinking There's of. There's only one, is it? I wondered if you got one away at Bristol City. Maybe didn't. No, that was, that was Cameron Car- Yeah, that was Cameron yeah. Carter ah, when right. he came off his backside. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. But yeah, um, superb to go three 0 up. And as Aaron Kay, I think, said on the post match fan cam, he said, you know, three nils that kind of scoreline. You know, that's the scoreline you want because you know two nil. You know, you let a side in, uh, and there's not that kind of, you know, that. <sighs> You know, at 3-0, they're not going to come back, are they? And, you know, judging by the fact that they were pretty poor. I mean, they had a bit of possession, I think. You know, um, sort of on around 60, 65 minutes or so. They had a, a spell for a few minutes where they looked as though they might pose a threat. But really, Neil, I just thought we were dominant all over. Yeah, no, we were. I mean, they're, they're going to have a a, a a spell, aren't they? Every side's going to have a spell. Yeah. I think you can always... The beauty about 3-0 is it affects the subs you bring on, which then in turn affects the rest of the game. So... When you're 3-0 up, you bring attackers on to give your attackers a bit of a rest and allow the defending to happen from the front. And that means mm. you can often have a bit of exciting play because you've got fresh forwards on. So, obviously, Jamal Lowe came on. Um, don't remember who else came on now. It was... Uh, Rogers. Morgan Rogers. Morgan Rogers, yeah. So, you, you're bringing those level of strikers on, those level of strikers on. Whereas if you're 2-0, you end up with Pearson and then you get Mepham if it goes to 2-1. So, yeah. it's like a, a spiral upwards rather than a spiral downwards. Uh, and then, you know, I, I'm sure we'll talk about it. We, I didn't even realise it was a save, but Mark Travers' wonder save no. um, was the wow. was the moment after we went 3-0 up. That was the the main moment of the game in terms of brilliance, really, wasn't it? Hmm. For all those at home that are you know, wanting to see a fan's eye view of that Kelly goal, I'm, I'm pleased to say that I can you oh. know provide it for you now. And yeah, like, as I say, it was a short corner that took a lot of people by surprise because quite often we mix it up now, which is, you know, what I like to see because under Eddie for a while, we, we always did the same thing. We'd always go short, but mm. you know, but this time we did go short and a blind pass again from Jane Nancy knockover and just strength and off the defender in the back of the net in front of the North stand, Tom, finally, oh, finally. I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I kind of wanted that lad to block up the line because Lerma was there to tap it in. Um, yeah. But no, it was yeah, it was nice to finally score. I mean, we scored so many at the at the other end, didn't we? So yeah, that was nice. I'm chuffed for Kelly. To be fair, I think I was going to mention that earlier um, with with the first goal. We haven't said that. How many times has he put that lofted ball through for Solanke? I mean, he's won the penalty this time. There was another goal recently that was through mm-hmm. that as well. And I think sometimes he he, he maybe don't get the credit because of how good Gary Cahill is. But like you said at the start of the game, that one he covered. He's he's and he's leading the team now. He's a skipper, and I think he's been really good. So I was yeah. I was chuffed for him to get a goal. And you could see what it meant to him as well to score score at home, first goal at home, and stuff like that. So it was, it was a really nice moment. I thought. Mm-hmm. A comment from Heather asking: Is that Lerma shirt match worn? And whilst we tried to play the video earlier, we can share it with you now to show that it was it was Fletch greeting Tom for his oh, birthday. Oh. Look at that, Jeff Lerma. That's his shirt from Stoke. Oh, Tom's even got it there. Yeah, Tom's but, uh, even got it. Look at that. Tom was happy with it, and there it is. Lerma. Yeah, he signed on the back. Has he got like a slight Colombian um, eau de cologne about it? Like a <laughs> a, 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 a night? Has it got a Bogota nightclub eau de cologne? Smell about? 
I wonder what the head's still at. It's got to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I was just trying to think the things that Colombia's famous for, and I thought I better not say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Coffee. Good coffee. coffee and bananas. Yeah. Yeah. Coffee. So what about then? What about um that that shot then that they had? Uh, Tom. Mm. Well, Tiggs, actually, I mean, you were closer to it, I suppose. Uh, Neil, you might have had the best view being at the side of the pitch, but, I mean, it hit the bar. It was rebounded. What were your thoughts when you saw it? I mean, I, you know, it didn't it didn't scream of offside to me. Uh, I think, no, I think it was, but I, I'll be, the, the initial shot, I didn't think that Travers touched it. So I was, mm. like, probably like Neil, I just went, ah, oh. <laughs> like, oh, no. That's dreadful that that's happened. Um, that's but when you see the replay of it, you go, wait a minute, that is a hell of a save that he's just mm. made there. Completely underestimated him there. Well, you, you know can see what? how far out it was. And look, let me let me just go all like Premier League on you one sec. Let's oh, just put that line there, and then this. let's just let's just 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 drag yeah, drag that into position. There we go. And also, I suppose we need to put the uh, Huddersfield line. Let's make it green. Nope. Is it is it is that his knee? I mean, we don't want this, do we? We don't want oh. this. But How no. much do you spend on this, mate? Millions, absolute millions. <laughs> that but... budget's not on tonight. Have you? Done... Yeah. <laughs> Have you done the Jeff budget? Give it a cut. <laughs> you, look, you know, look. I made it up, but you know, I thought he was level from looking at the replays. I thought he was level. So, oh, really? um, yeah. Oh god, you know, that just reminds me of how awful it's going to be next season if we do yeah. get promoted. Nil. No. See what the other pod, the other podcast can't live with you, Sam. I bet they've all just shut their laptops in disgust and walked away. They can't compete. They <laughs> They're can't not even. Compete. They're not even technically podcasts anyway. So, you know, what? Well, yeah. yeah, we are, but yeah, you're right. Um, the, um, yeah, was, so no, I'm not looking for, I wouldn't, it, there's a lot, there's a lot of things that it's, it's a weird league, the championship, isn't it? Because you spend the whole yeah. season wanting to win it. Um, but then you don't, as Norwich fans are finding out, no. um, you, you get 100 million quid, but you also get lots of games where you've got no chance of winning. You get VAR, you know, there, there's, I just I love the championship. Obviously, I'm going to want to go back up. Everyone is, but mm. you know the only good thing about going up from the championship is you know you're going to end up back in it because it's such a. It's just I love the grounds. I love drinking in the towns. It's just such an awesome league. Um, mm. So yeah, no, I would. I'm not looking forward to VAR. And same as Tiggs, I didn't see I didn't see Travers touch that at all until the replay. So very reminiscent of I'm sounding like a right nerd with my memory tonight. But Arthur Boric's um, save against Nathaniel Klein at Liverpool, oh yeah, yeah, is almost identical to that. Where it was only when you saw the replay and you saw his little Polish fingernail that just mm. deflected the ball by about two millimeters onto that. It was exactly like that. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it was. It could have been four. It could have been four. Tom when. Uh... Morgan Rogers was putting in that, you know, the ball was on the right hand side and it was Junior Stanislas. I mean, it was in a sort of melee and Junior Stanislas sort of came away with the ball, did a quick one, two with low and then lovely outside the right foot pass curled into the path of Rogers. He was in the, he was in a position of the pitch that I would call the Dan Juma in that kind of yeah. side where he'll either run to the byline, but he didn't, he came in on his right and, but for Hogg on the line, yeah. he would have scored his mm. first, uh, you know, goal. But then it came back at Junior Stanislas pretty quickly, and it just, you know, it ballooned off wide into the stands. But um, we were still creating chances, which was good to see. Yeah, and and like um, Neil alluded to earlier, there, that's that's three of the subs that you just said that were all combined in there for that move. That started with Low, went to Stanislas, went over to Rogers, ended up with Stanislas, and and that's what you get when you three 0 up because you can bring them on, and they want they want to show you something and. Rogers, Rogers, look. I've, I've been quite, I've quite. I don't know whether it's because of the time of game 
type of games he's come into. When he's come on, I thought there's a player there, but when he did get his start, I think it was a Peterborough one that it didn't yeah. quite happen for him. But um, yeah, I, I, it was a shame because it was actually, like you said, the lad done really well on the line because he'd done all he needed to do. And then, yeah, I was, at the time I thought, oh, Stanis has missed that. But looking back, it probably, it did come to him quite quickly, to be yeah, fair. And um, quite good to mention that. It's quite good to see Junior Junior get a, get some minutes as well under his belt. I mean, I feel for Mark Condes a bit, but um, mm. nice to see Junior come on. And it's interesting, isn't it? I think virtually every time, he hasn't used him a lot, but when Parker's used Stanislas, it's centrally. He seems mm. to want him, you know, a bit more to be an option centrally, um, which is which is interesting because we've probably got enough depth out wide. He's maybe looking at him as an option if, if Billing were to be out mm. or something like that. But yeah, it was nice to see him get on. But I don't know if anyone else, what everyone else thinks about the Marcondes. Since he's been on the bench, he's mm. never come on. No. And that, that's, we're freeing it up. I, I'm very surprised he didn't get, didn't get 10 minutes. He was superb against West Brom, wasn't he? And then uh, he had a one average away game. I can't remember which one it was. I think it might have been Forrest and he got took off. He wasn't working very hard. I think you've got to work hard to play for Scott Parker. Um, and Mercondes, Brentford fan, said, he didn't they, that he sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. So I don't know whether that kind of sealed it for him. But no, I'd love to see more of him as well because he did some amazing stuff in the friendlies, Milton Keynes, Dons and West Brom. Um, so no, I do feel sorry for him. When you look at that West Brom game, and Marcondes, you know, he, he played all right, he could go quite well. Then you had uh, Zamora on the pitch, you had Anthony on the pitch, you had Kilkenny on the pitch. You you expect Marcondes to get more minutes. You didn't expect those three to get more no. minutes. It's, mm. it's crazy, really. Yeah. And he's it's exactly as you say, I think, Neil. You know, the other three players have worked really, really hard. They've worked the socks off every game. And maybe he hasn't shown that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think it's that. It's the off-the-ball stuff. Because I thought at the start of the season that I wonder how Billing's going to get on because can he do that off-the-ball stuff? What he's done is he's proven he can. Yeah. And Mark Condes probably doesn't give us enough of that. So maybe he's thinking, you know, I want to see if Junior can do it you know, in that role when I can afford to. I just thought a 3-0 at home that he yeah. might get 10 minutes just to show what he can do. But um, yeah. we'll see. It's, it's just seems so long since I've been seeing him. Mm. I think we should pick out a few star men of that game but also maybe the season as a whole. And I think, Tiggs, we can't not mention Gary Cahill. I mean, uh, what? how good has he been? I mean, a lot of people on Twitter were kind of wondering, you know, like, he's too old for it, he's, he's not good enough, but he is good enough. Well, he's just, it's the partnership that he's made with Kelly. It's just perfect, in, you know, and it's given Travis confidence as well. And it's allowed, you know, the two fullbacks to, to, to bomb on. So, yeah, I just think he's been he's been immense, and he's such a cool head. Uh, and we've said about it before, and he's it's really interesting actually because I think when he when he first played, one of the things that stuck out for all of us was that he was he was shouting and he was directing, and he was pulling people this way and that, and he still does that, but he doesn't have to do it as much. So mm. the way that he's created this understanding around him so quickly is just astonishing. But that, I suppose that just shows you, you know, that many Premier League minutes, you're going to be a quality player, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, and, and, and that's and, a heat map for the last game, by the way. Yeah, go on now. And not just Premier League minutes. I mean, uh, I mean, we've had some really good players at this club, you know, before like Jermaine Defoe and people like that. But um, you know, I don't need to tell people stuff they already know. But Gary Gary Cahill is the most decorated in terms of you know Champions League wins, 50, 60 odd caps for England. You know, and and you can see it in every minute he plays. The the one thing you'd say is if we do get promoted, our biggest problem will be Gary Cahill because. Yeah. Clearly, he didn't want to stay in the Premier League. He didn't want a year with Sadio Mane ripping past him with everyone analysing him on match of the day because he deserves better than that after his career. And that's why players take a step down. 
So our biggest problem, if we get promoted, will be replacing Gary Cahill because that's what we'll need to do. And it, yeah. it, you know, there's a reason why we don't have the Blackpools anymore, Sam, that you were talking about earlier. Do you, do you worry that it's going to be a Blackpool? I don't worry it's going to be a Blackpool because of Gary Cahill. I don't now, no. Yeah. 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 But if maybe, no disrespect, but maybe if Meppham and Kelly were playing, I would worry it was going to be another Blackpool a little bit more. So it's a big problem we've got coming up if we get promoted. Yeah. So, Tiggs, you, I mean, you spoke about um, him and, you know, Tom. Dom Solanke, a player that we signed for a lot of money that uh, had a had a relatively good season. But this this season, he's hit the ground running. His, his work rate is exemplified by his heat map from the previous game as well, because whilst he's, you know, a fox in the box now at the moment, he, obviously, he, he also works hard, like off the ball, further back uh, down the pitch, doesn't he? Yeah, and I don't think that's ever been, uh, we've alluded to things earlier, but I don't think that's ever been questioned. I think his work rate is is mm. fantastic. His, his off the ball stuff is mm. brilliant. I always said, you know, bidding like the end of last season, going into that advanced role, which he's carried on to, he was scoring goals. And I always felt like Dom didn't get enough credit last season for the goals that Bidding was scoring because it was normally because Slanky was occupying the defenders and he's a very intelligent footballer. I just always worried if, if you know, if the goals would be there, is he a bit more of a 10 type player that can drop in and link up with things? But he's managing to still do that and get on the end of things. So, yeah, he's, he's ripping it up at the moment. I think, like Neil said earlier, Mitrovic is, is a goal scorer in this league, but they're, they're mm. the top two in this league and it's the top two teams in the league at the moment. So if, if you're going to need a, go a goal scorer, if you're going to go up, you're going to need someone like that. And um, Dom's adding goals to his game as well as his all-round play. And probably at the moment in an amazing team kind of display, probably would be my pick for, for player of the season at the moment, because even if he takes his goal his way, what he gives the team is incredible. And um, I'm just chuffed that he's getting them rewards and getting on the end of things. So um, yeah, long may it continue. He, for me, he's the only player that I... If someone was to get injured, yeah, he's the only one I'm worried about. Like, yeah. If we were to lose him, I think we'd have to change style mm. um, because I don't think, you know, I think Lowe looks great, but I don't think Lowe is a Dom Solanke. He's not. Different player. And if uh, if we want, it depends how serious we want to be about promotion, but if we want an insurance policy in January, we've got to sign a striker as good as Dominic Solanke or just nearly as good because if he, you know, God forbid he, that does his ankle ligaments, yeah. we, we're going to have 20 games that'll be a lot harder for us. Are you saying there's there's room for that, you know, Kenwin Jones style signing, Neil? Yeah. Someone that is going to be just there for a few months, but someone that, you know... Yeah, or someone good enough to challenge him if he drops form. Yeah. Just, just, yeah, someone of his, someone of that ilk, I think is key um, as an insurance policy. Otherwise, you're taking a gamble and if he doesn't get injured, you'll, we'll be fine. Yeah. What do you make of um, Lloyd Kelly, Tom? Uh, he's a massive improvement. I mean, there are loads of players that you can say have improved, but I think he definitely has. And certainly it's helped by being played alongside Gary. It has. It has. I mean, he started the season well as well, to be fair to him, even when he was alongside Mepham. I think I mentioned it to, to yourself, I think, when we were chatting last night. It was, um, I don't think he gets enough credit for how well Zamora's played, because I think Zamora's almost given that licence, because Lloyd Kelly has naturally played left-back a few times. Not naturally, he's better instead of off, but you know what I'm saying. He's he's known to play full-back as well. And I think he, he allows Zamora to bomb on because he, he can cover it quite naturally. So I think that's that's really helped. And, you know, getting a young left-back in like Zamora, who's got barely any pro professional minutes, and the way he's kind of guided him through and, and, and being next to him, they, they formed a good partnership as well. Um, so, yeah, and I think sometimes he looks a bit casual, Danny, and he gives the odd ball away. But I think... Like I said earlier, he, he plays some really good long balls as well. And him and him and Kale have been exceptional. I mean, 
our defensive record is is ridiculous at the moment, and we just don't we don't look like conceding. It's yes, yeah, it's, it's really good, and they seem like they're all of them as a collective. It's like scoring a goal when they make a last ditch tackle at the end of a game, even when you're freeing it up. And I think their their determination to keep a clean sheet is um it stems from people like Lloyd Kelly, who seems to really be enjoying it. And it's nice to see him get a run because he's had a few knocks for us as well. So I'm really pleased for him and it was nice to see him get a goal as well. We've we've waxed lyrical a lot about that left hand side uh this season. So we won't this time. We'll talk about the right hand side. I thought Jack Stacey had a had a really good game and there's a stat, Tom, isn't there? Yeah, I saw a stat earlier. We've never conceded a goal since he's been on the pitch this season or something. Like, I couldn't believe that. Couldn't believe that. Was it never conceded a goal? Never lost a game? I can't remember what it was. It was never conceded game. a goal. It was never conceded. It was that so one. That's there. right. Yeah. yeah. And we've never lost a game, Tom, because we haven't lost a game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did he play at, hang on, did he play at Norwich? He played right back at Norwich. Oh, no, it was Brennan Camp, yeah. He yeah. is literally, yeah. it was, I mean, two unbelievable stats. But, um, and I mean, we were talking about, it wasn't long ago, we were talking about Smithy coming back into the team, being brilliant. And it's taken him to get an injury. And I'm convinced we've got the best two right backs in the league. Uh, I don't even yeah. feel like I have to look. I mean, what options? And yeah, but Stacey, I thought he's, and like you're probably going to go on to, Sam, I think a little combination there, isn't there, between him and Christie the last few weeks that has been really good. And I think because Christie's quite natural at coming in onto that left foot, Stacey just, he runs all day, that man. So, um, yeah, I really like him what I'm seeing down that right side. Hmm. So Parker, um, as I say, Parker asks our, our our players to have that high press, doesn't, doesn't he? And and you know, we were, I know Neil said it earlier about Christie having a, the best of both, and that really shows it off mm. because it's his job and Anthony's job to win the ball. You know, they're, they're, they're being asked to do that as well as create opportunities for other players. So you know, lo- look at loving that heat map and seeing him up and down, up and down and down. But you know that he's doing, he's doing a lot of work in there. He's closing down his man all the time, trying to win that ball up really, really high. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think he's been excellent for that. He does, and as Tom said earlier, he does remind me of Richie a bit as well. Mm. But, you know, we do need to tip a hat to our youth, Neil, don't we? We have to. Yeah, I think it's a key thing this season. So we talk about um, team spirit, um, which I think is the other major change between maybe the last three seasons or certainly the last two seasons and this season is you look at them all and you think they there's no, you know, Sulkers, there's no, you know, Ryan Frazers, none of that. All of them are, are out there. And I think having the three youth team players in the team's key to that. I was, I was watching the Liverpool-Man United game yesterday and I was thinking about Liverpool have got a smaller squad and they bring in people like Harvey Elliott, and Curtis Jones, you know, people, people that come from the youth team. If you then drop those players out, they don't sulk. So you look at United with a like Harlem Globetrotters team. You've got Pog, yeah. Pogba and a massive sulk because he's not on the pitch. So we've we've been in that position in, in in previous years where we've had you know wonderful players not playing and they all get the hunt with each other and they don't necessarily gel and on the pitch. Gavin Kilkenny came in, played three games, three or four games, looked wonderful, dropped, doesn't even get in the match squad. Doesn't sulk, goes away, works hard, comes back in the team and he's as brilliant as he was on the date. That's because he hasn't got an ego and he's still learning his career. And I just think there's an awful lot to be said about those three and the effect that they'll have on team spirit because they don't feel like they've got a divine right to play. Um, and they're working so hard to make sure they stay in that team. And it's good that we are taking the Liverpool approach, not the Man United approach. Mm. It's not a team of individuals, is it, Tex? It's not, not at all. No, no, no. And I'll echo exactly what Neil said that, you know, it's made a massive difference this season. And 
it's that's the the funny thing about i was thinking about parker and how things have gone for him and i want you know those kind of things that have happened where he's had to play those three players and ibsen rossi and they've impressed and i just wonder if you know would that have happened would that have happened if we had the mad. injuries we happened? It's you know, crazy that you're saying he had to play them. Well, he had to, didn't he? We didn't have a bench or anything. Yeah. You know, we had, you know, talk about Brennan he, did, Camp. Yeah. he was, you know. And then the other thing is, we were talking about Kelly earlier. Kelly's our captain. Now, mm. I think Kelly's a fantastic player, but he wouldn't be my first choice for captain. So what has Parker seen in him? What has yet to come from that young man that we haven't seen yet and we're going to continue to see? Maybe... And I might be completely wrong here. Maybe, you know, we get another centre-half in and maybe Kelly becomes the next Gary Cahill. Mm -hmm. You know, if he learns from him this season, who knows? Yeah. I think what he's seen from him, what he's seen is an immense respect that the other players, he's incredibly, incredibly popular. And I think, you know, sometimes a captain's role, just there's a lot of shouters on our pitch, isn't there now? Lerma, you know, there's people all the time that are directing people around. Pearson, when he plays, shouts a lot. So I think what Kelly offers is that link between management and team where everyone's got respect for him. I was literally going to say the same thing because I thought it was quite evident. I think I mentioned it earlier when he scored. Just just one of their moments when he scored and everyone kind of went over and I thought there's something in that. You know what I mean? They, mm. There's a level of respect there. And um, one of them players, and he clearly leads by example. I think, like Neil said, you get kind of two types of captains and he's that sort of one. And yeah, this it's the blend as well, and this youth, and then you add in Gary Cahill, Jefferson Lerma, Dom Solanke, though that spine, you know, they're playing with them sort of players. It's only going to make them better. And um, we forgot all about people like Ibsen Rossi, who's, who come in and never let us down. Mm. And yeah, like you say, if if say Leif Davis had signed a few weeks earlier and started the season well, would we have ever seen Zamora? It's, it's sometimes you have to go through that to to to, to find things out about your squad. But mm. um, I think if we end up achieving our goals this season, we'll look back the start of the season where we're playing Leif Davis right midfield Ibsen Rossi and we didn't lose and, and we were yeah. still and now we're reaping the rewards but that's why I keep saying we're only going to get better and look out championship because I, I think there's more to come mm. So are we the real deal then? What you know? What, why are we so different Neil? Why are we so I mean how much of this is down to Parker? Well I think the main difference is team spirit so the squad, you can argue either way is the squad weaker or stronger than, than, than last than last season we lost the best two players that we had last season in Begovic and Danjuma. They they were the outstanding players and they went. Uh, but Gary Cahill's, you know, a fair swap in. I know he doesn't play in their position, but in terms of quality. Uh, and, the, and then we've just un uncovered some wonderful talent that we didn't know that we had. But the main difference to me is, is you know, the Championship was a hard-working league and we didn't work hard last year. And we still got in the playoffs while tossing it off half the time we were on the pitch. You know, that's how good a squad we were. We beat... I think Norwich and Watford took one point off us because we turned up for those sort of games. We just didn't fancy Sheffield Wednesday away or Derby away because we, we weren't prepared to work hard. So the main difference for me this year is, is that we're working hard and that has to come from the management. It has to come from the management. There's yeah. Absolute, there's absolutely, you know, that, that's what drives the standards and the effort in any football team is what managers are prepared to accept or not accept and the message they get across. So absolutely, it has to be Scott Parker. Mm. He's really, he's, he has really impressed me and he's contributed to Cherry's being in this position. Now, look at those two teams at the top, Tom. I mean, if they keep carrying on, you know, us and them like we do, I mean, that's going to be a hell of a fixture start, start December, isn't it? I mean, I'm nervous about it already. 
Yeah, well, yeah, there's still lots of twists and turns before then, as we know the championship. But yeah, I think if you look at the squads, that top three, actually, uh, uh, at the moment, it would take a very brave person to back back against any two of them three. Because um, obviously, you know, sides like Coventry and Luton, you know, are probably performing above expectations. But we know what the championship's like and we've got a, we've just got to keep bouncing away. But that's going to be a great game. I can't wait for that. No, no surprise at all that got moved to the to the televised one with it being, you know, with Scott Parker factor as well. I'm really mm. looking forward to to that game. But got some got some tough ones coming up as well. Reading Reading will be a difficult game. But well. I think what's impressed me the most, as we said the other the other week, that we keep coming out after games and saying, I thought they'd be better. And I think mm. it's got to a stage now where I think, well, hang on a minute. And maybe maybe we are that good because Huddersfield win the playoffs and and Stoke were up there and I'm thinking they can't all be that bad. Um, mm. I just think we're, we're, yeah, we're just performing brilliantly. And like I say, a lot of the off the ball stuff, like Neil said, that's that's what I think's so much better this season. I think I saw, I think I saw something. I can't remember what vote it was last season for a player of the season. And uh, Dan Juma, Begovic, Carter Vickers, and Steve Cook were the top four. Well, you know, I know Steve wow. Cook's technically still there, but none of them are playing. Mm. We and that's that's what happens. I think Dan Juma was our best player last season, but we're better without him. And it might sound weird, but I think everyone knows what I mean by that. Yeah. And and that's that's what's working at the moment. And Scott Parker deserves massive credit for that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Go on. And before that, we got West Brom Fulham. So we talk about our game uh, yeah, weekend, know, against, against Fulham. But this weekend is West Brom Fulham, which will be intriguing because I think Fulham will go there and beat them. And I think that will set up the... <coughs> Fulham are a better football inside than West Brom. I mean, they... They feel really bad because we've got Notts Forest fan just commented, haven't we? But Fulham did all right at Forest at the weekend. It's probably the easiest way I could put it. So I, I think they'll, I think they could take West Brom apart, um, and then that sets it up for a, a very exciting run into that game in December. Yeah, I'd love to see if we can suffocate Fulham like we have other teams because I agree with what Neil said. I've seen them, and I think they're quite explosive sometimes, and don't surprise mm. you when they score kind of three or four and things like that. I think. That'd be really interesting. Can we stop that Mitrovic threat? Harry Wilson, we know, is great in the championship. So, yeah, that is that is a good one. But like I said, I'll probably fancy him to beat West Brom, actually, yeah. January is going to be an interesting time for us because obviously it's the transfer windows open and, mm-hmm. you know, we might get recruits, we might have bids coming in, but also the African Nations Cup, Tom, and Zamora will be out of action for Bournemouth with um, Zimbabwe. But what about Fulham? Have they got any stars? I think... I think Fulham Seri is it in the centre centre of midfield. Ah, yeah, he's Ivory Coast, so I'm not sure you know what he does these days if he plays for him much because Ivory Coast are decent. Um, so I don't know if he gets in around the squad because yeah. he's a bit more experienced. Um, I think West Brom have got a centre half. They lose. Can't remember his name. I think he's Nigeria. There's probably mm. more teams than you realise lose a few. I think that lad that played centre half for Huddersfield, Saar. I think he goes as well. Yeah. big mm. one. Yeah. So there is a few, but we'll miss miss Samura. But like we just. Just said about the start of the season, that'll give someone else an opportunity. Whether that be Adam Smith at left back, Robbie Brady, Leith yeah. Davis if he's still here, loads of options. I probably think it'll be Brady and Davis to go back personally, yeah. but yeah, it'll give someone else an opportunity. So as much as Samura's been brilliant, um, I'm, I'm I'm happy because the squad is so strong. And yeah. We were worrying at the start of the season, and like I mentioned earlier, we were going away on a Tuesday night, thinking, oh, we haven't even got a winger. We're going to have to play Leif Davis out there and we go and win 2-0 and hmm. we don't think about hmm. it again. So, yeah, I'm more than confident of whoever comes in. I'm looking forward to seeing Brady, actually. Forgot about him. Yeah, I know. We haven't even talked about him yet. No. So, is it, for Fulham, is Surrey not available? Well, Surrey's definitely Iv- Ivorian. Is that what they're Ivory Coast? Hmm. I think it's Ivorian. It? So, I think it just depends if he gets in the squad. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so they would probably lose him, who's 
quite a key part to their midfield. So um, that'd be interesting. I, th- can't, yeah. I think it's a J. I might be wrong for West Brom. The oh, yeah, half. yeah. I'm pretty sure he's in the Nigeria squad. So there will be a few. There will be a few. Um, but yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting yeah. how we cope with that. Cause we've, but we've got quite a lot of options that could fill in there. It's really interesting oh. in terms of our, the depth of our squad as well, because our squad's no bigger than it was last season. But boy, does it feel like it is to me. I mean, I just, because we've got the, the flexibility, like Tom just said, of the players. You, you can play different players in different positions. And we, I think last season, you could definitely argue we had a Premier League squad, you know, that got relegated. But they, were, they could only fit in certain holes, couldn't they? You know, yeah. whereas now we can do so many different mm. things with the, with the players that we've got. And I think that's a big factor because I know we've, we've said about it a few times now, but if you're Gavin Kilkenny, and he's been playing fantastically. He knows he's got two players who can play in his position. Mm, yeah, that's before Lewis Cook comes back. <laughs> you know, if you if you and you've got that on every position in the pitch, yeah. you've mm. got two players who can play in that position, waiting for a yeah. chance, and they are quality players, and they've played well when they've played. So, yeah, really, that's what I think is personally that's what for me makes us better um, mm. than we have been before. And um, Robbie he, Brady's as good as Ryan Christie. Yeah, on mm. his day. really good player on his day because he has exactly the same balance. I mean, you don't get to play for Sean Dice for all those years unless you, you're not a fancy Dan. You're not a fancy Dan, are you? So he, he has exactly the same balance of work rate and incredible skill and a a great left foot. So, you know, there's, there's not a lot of difference there, which allows Christie to move in. uh, If ever Billing or Lerma drop form or Lerma drop back, it's exactly like you say, Tiggs, it's, it's, you know, it's pretty daunting for the other teams in the league. Yeah, mm. even when like Mepham played right back. Now I know he played it completely different about that, and he did, but but he was great, wasn't he? Yeah. You know, I mean, it was a different type of right back. He was just you know just a right back, but yeah, yeah, it's it's so interesting. So many options, so many ways mm. we could go going forward. Really is. We've had a few super chats coming. Thank you so much for your support of the channel. Doing a super chat guarantees your message appears on screen. So this is from David Whitehead. David, nice to speak to you on the free-for-all fan cams outside Dean Court on Saturday, saying this channel keeps on getting better and better, just like AACB. Keep up the good work. And also, Heather as well, just because you're all amazing, and I missed my BOTN pals this weekend. And can't believe you missed Phil Bill's dad, Heather, but I saw that he, he tagged you in a tweet, a nice photo with him and Steve Butler. Uh, before we go, we will just have a brief chat about Reading, but I think we need to get a view of a certain Italian. Well, it seems to get better and better every game. <laughs> Another uh, dominated game yesterday and um, uh, um, with Dom Solanke at double and uh, a very good goal from Yoi Kelly. That turn was, was so good and um, uh, another uh, defensive masterclass for our from our defenders, and we risk something also with that ball lost from Gary Cahill in the in the midfield. But he had another another good game. He's so good for a championship. He's so good, and I'm waiting also to see Robbie Brady, who which is a um, we show show quality in uh, in the Premier League, and I I'd like to see him uh, playing for the Cherries. But it's difficult for Scott Parker to. To choose the players because everybody, I, I said it before, everybody is playing so good. I mean, Ryan Christie, uh, what what a quality he showed, and also Gavin Kilkenny, and uh, really everybody. So, uh, still top of the table, still unbeaten after 14 games. And um, the next game, next week, sorry, next Saturday 
on Saturday night, uh, um, Reading Away, which is uh, another um, another very big game. Also because uh, Fulham and West Brom play play each other second against uh, uh, third against second. So uh, bring it on, and um, and we and let's let, let's try to keep that. Uh, it's 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 really difficult to. Um, to keep the the the, the first place the, the first two places until the end of the season in this league because you can't predict anything but uh, I really hope so I, I I really believe in in this team and uh, really hope to get back here so bring it on the next games and up the cherries up the cherries and I love doing it in his accent and he doesn't mind me doing that so it's absolutely fine Filippo absolute star and look we're gonna talk very 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 briefly because we've gone over the hour about reading on saturday not sure whether uh, look, uh, can my screen even go that far down and get us <laughs> oh, okay. don't do don't, don't tempt fate don't tempt fate but i tell you what though you know league position is not a gauge i've got a feeling this is going to be a bloody tough game now yeah, no, it normally is. When we play Reading, there's been some brilliant encounters uh, home and away over the years against them. There's always a bit of edge. Um, I think their players um, know that we're you know a cl- club that's relatively geographically close. Um, we sing about them. I don't think they sing about us, but we hate them, uh, according to every song we sing at every game. So, yeah, it's always, always a little bit of extra fire in it. So it should be good. Looking forward to it. Uh, right, gents. Thank you so much for coming tonight. Thanks for everyone that's been watching. Really uh, appreciate all the feedback. Tig, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, buddy. I really enjoyed that. Like a dog with a bone. Oh, no. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, he keeps on going. Neil checks his pun sheet. Neil? Can't <laughs> do. Uh, well, I'm just hoping for another dogged performance against Reading. Yeah. Oh, love it. And uh, Tom, thanks very uh, much. I mean, after beating the Terriers, these puns have been terrifyingly bad. Is that all right? Oh, not bad, was it? I was quite happy with that. I'd, I'd love to, sh- I'd love to finish the show with the pun myself, but I'm not Gary Lineker, so we'll just end it there. Thanks so much for all of uh, your support, and uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. Make sure you subscribe. It's easy for me to say. See you later. Hi, I'm Scott Mitchell. I was a 2015 BDO World Champion, and you're listening to the podcast Back of the Net. Thank you very much for tuning in. Remember, you can also watch this exclusively first on the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash AFCB podcast. Until the next one, up the cherries. Okay, now it's a chance for Ryan Christie, right corner of the penalty area for the cherries here. Onto his left foot, spilled by the goalkeeper, and turned in by Don Zalecki. Ryan Christie's shot couldn't be held by the Welshman Adam Davis, and Don Zalecki poaches the goal. His season and the Cherries have at last lit up the Bet365 Stadium by taking the lead on 51 minutes.